Hallelujah. Praise God to be here today and to give you praise and glory today, Lord, because you are God Almighty. You are God all by yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we thank God and we give you praise. So let's sing this song to him today. Lord, you're mighty. 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 Lord, you 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 mighty. Oh, Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You said your glory.
Lord, you're mighty. 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 Say, Lord, you're mighty. Lord, you're mighty. Lord, you're mighty. Lord, you're mighty. Lord, you're Understanding to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give myself away. 
help me sing it, y'all. Come on, come on. I give myself away. Yeah. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Mm -hmm. I give myself away so
give myself, I give myself to you. Come on, come on, mean it from your heart, come on, say. But life is not my own, to you I belong, yeah. I give myself, hallelujah, I give myself to you. God, another hand clap of praise. Amen. Father God, we thank and praise you for <clears throat> this another opportunity to minister to these your precious sheep. Lord, we thank you that revelation knowledge will flow freely, uninterrupted and unhindered by any satanic or demonic force. Lord, I thank you that tonight you continue to do the thinking, you continue to do the speaking. May it be none of me and all of you. We just place a demand right now on your word. We thank you that revelation just springs forth in our heart. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory, honor, and praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so glad that you made it on tonight. How many of you guys are excited about the word? Amen. I'd like to say welcome to our online audience as well. Uh, we are glad that you made it with us, and we are going to dive right in. Finishing up <clears throat> our uh, series on You Shall Not Be Moved, it's important and imperative that we understand that when we're saying we shall not be moved, what we're saying is, is we will not be moved off of our place of victory. Amen? Amen. Say that with me. Say, I am, I am. victorious. And you can't allow anyone or anything to move you off that place of victory. Because that's not a place that you earned. It's not even a place that you necessarily deserve, but it's a place that Jesus provided for us all. Amen? And in order to maintain this place of victory, we have to make sure that our belief system is lining up with what the Word of God says. Because how many of you guys know that there is nothing that can move you uh, out of your place of victory other than unbelief. Unbelief will cause you to miss what God has already made available for you. Amen? Now, it doesn't mean you, you're not saved. It doesn't mean you're going to go to hell or anything like that. But if you don't believe what Jesus has provided, it will be impossible for you to receive the manifestation thereof. I'll say that again. If you don't believe what Jesus has provided, what has he provided for you? Righteousness, which leads to salvation. But if you don't believe he's provided that, then how many guys know you're not going to be able to receive manifestation from it? If I have keys to a car right now and I say, hey, these are your keys and you don't believe they're yours, guess what? You're going to be walking everywhere you go. 
Doesn't mean it's not available. Doesn't mean it's not yours. But you won't lay hold of, by faith, what grace is made available if you don't believe. If you understand that, say amen. So the key to receiving my manifestation is believing what Jesus has done. That requires faith. That requires faith. <clears throat> faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For me to believe what Jesus did, even though I didn't see it, even though I may not have seen the full manifestation yet, for me to believe that requires faith. My belief is born from faith in what Jesus has already done. Are you with me? So if I believe from having faith, one of the things that I need to do to maintain that place of belief is admit and confess what the Word of God says about me. The Bible talks about fighting the good fight of what? Fighting the good fight of what? As a matter of fact, let's, let's go and look at that real quick. It's in uh, 2 Timothy. I lost my scripture. Where is that? Let me just pull it up. Go to 2 Timothy. I know it's in 2 Timothy. See. Don't you hate when you got something typed up and then it just deletes? <laughs> uh, here we go. Yeah, first Timothy, sorry, first Timothy six twelve. And belief happens where? In my mind. And so this battle concerning belief or this battle with faith, it's not something that happens as many people think in this deep spiritual, you know, realm deal. No, at the end of the day, the, the fight of faith is you maintaining that I believe what God said. 1 Timothy 6, 12 says, fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you. Let's look at that and they amplify it. Let's fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you. Amplify says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of the eternal life to which you were summoned and for which you confessed. Keep going. The good confession. You see that? Confess the good confession of faith before many witnesses. What's one of the ways I know that I'm in faith? I made the confession. I said out of my mouth. Whatever I believe, whatever I have faith in, that's what I'm going to be talking about. Amen? And so confession and faith are directly linked together. And my belief is born from my faith. So as I connect that to the fact that, Lord, I believe what your word says. So by faith, I'm going to continue to speak what your word says instead of anything I see. Why? Because I want to make sure that I maintain this place of faith. And as I maintain this place of faith, I will maintain my victory. Amen? 
Amen. So we left off with number four uh, on uh, Sunday, I believe it was, which was admit you are free from your old sinful nature because of the finished works of Jesus. Uh, number five in this uh, admission process is to admit that we are co-heirs with Christ who is the lawful owner of all things. Admit that we are co-heirs with Christ. Now, my admission is just a what? Confession. It's just a confession, and I'm admitting the fact that this is true. And I'm admitting that I am co-heirs with Christ, who is the lawful owner of how many things? How many things? Now, it's very interesting, and I wrote that sentence that very way because many people will say I'm an heir of Christ. But I want to show you something tonight that's, that's not actually accurate. Go with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Romans 8, 11, and we'll look at this in the New Living Translation. See, how I'm believing is going to affect how I'm living. If you believe that you're victorious, you'll find yourself not allowing defeat to stand in your life. A person that knows they're, that they've won doesn't settle for the look of loss. Amen? I mean, think about it. You know, let's go back to just a practical example. If you know you got a million dollars in the bank, you're not going to settle for the possibility that your house can be repossessed. Are you? What you going to do about it? <laughs> you're going to go get the money. But a believer who is a co-heir with Christ who has victory that will sit and allow sickness to run rampant in their life, even though they're healed already by the stripes of Jesus, a believer who would sit in poverty, even though he's already made them prosperous, is no different than the person who sits at home and loses their house, even though they're a millionaire. It all boils down to what do you believe you got? Who do you believe you are? And that's why these admissions or confessions are so important because they're just simply reminding you of the truth about you. Somebody say that. Say, I'm learning the truth about me. See, as we get to know God, we get to know Christ, and now we're getting to know who we are. Because that's, that's I think, the major problem in the body of Christ. Not only do we not know God, but we don't even know who we are. We've been taught for so long that we're just this dirty little nasty sinner who barely knows who you are. So the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God lives, resides, abodes inside of little old you. You have <clears throat> not some of God. Did it say a portion of the Spirit of God? 
lives in you. Did it say a hundredth of the Spirit of God lives in you? Now, even if it was a hundredth, that would be enough. Even if it was a tenth, that would be more than enough. But you have all of the Spirit of God living in you. I could just stop and just say that 50 times. I'm tempted to do that and just let that be the rest of the message for you to get revelation on just that. Because sometimes we go and we look for all these extra principles and all these extra things, and I think you just need to realize that the Spirit of God lives, not temporarily, not on an Airbnb contract. He's not leasing. He lives. You are his home. Love lives in you. Power lives in you. Peace lives in you. Righteousness lives in you. God lives in you. And it says, just in case you were tripping, thinking it was something else, he says, it's the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. Now, I need you to see this. Because I know we say Christ lives in us, and he does, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But God who raised up Jesus lives in you. I don't think you're hearing me. We're talking about who we are. And for so often, we've placed ourselves below Jesus and below everybody else, not realizing we are co-heirs with Christ. When Jesus was on earth and he died, the Spirit of God raised him up. And that same Spirit of God who raised up Jesus as awesome as he was when on earth, that same God lives in you. The same God that was in Jesus is the same God that is in you. And once you begin to realize that the same God that was in Jesus is the same God that is in you, then you will realize that the same stuff that Jesus did, you have a legal right to do and be able to operate in the same thing. You are a co-heir with Christ. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same, by the same Spirit. Not by your favorite diet. Praise God for those. Not by your favorite workout regimen, praise God for that. Not just by the doctor, praise God for that. But your quickening in your body comes from the Spirit of God. I said your healing comes from the Spirit of God. Your change comes from the Spirit of God. You need to start admitting that truth. I'm healed because of the Spirit of God living on the inside of me. 
I'm whole because of the Spirit of God living on this inside of me. He gives life to my body in Jesus' name. Verse 12. It says, therefore. Somebody say, therefore. So he says, because of this, because of the Spirit of God living in you, because of the Spirit of God bringing life to your mortal body, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. We talked about this a little bit the last couple of services. You're free from that sinful nature. Why? Not because you're amazing, but because the Spirit of God is on the inside of you, and he's amazing. You now have a choice. Before you didn't, now you do. You have a choice because you have a new voice on the inside of you. And that voice is the voice of the Holy Ghost. And he is telling you, you don't have to do that anymore. You're free from the bondage of sin. Keep going. It says, for if you live by its dictates, talking about the dictates of the sinful nature, you will what? Yeah, you'll die. But if through the power of the Spirit, do you see the subject of this portion of Scripture? The subject is what? The Spirit of God. And how he affects you. For if you live by the dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death, you have the power to put to death. Say, I have the power to put to death the deeds of my sinful nature. Say it again. I have the power to put to death the deeds of my sinful nature Here's the key, by the Spirit of God. See, if you missed that part, now you're getting the self-effort. Oh, I'm going to stop sinning. I, 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 no, 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 no. no I, I can do this by the Spirit of God. So sin has no dominion in my life. I am a king. I am a queen. I am a ruler, and I rule by love, and sin has no dominion in my life. That ought to be one of your admissions. Verse uh, 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God, we're still in that same subject, aren't we, in context. We're still talking about the Spirit of God living in us. I think you should be getting the picture by now that co-heirs with Jesus obviously would have the Spirit of God living in them. And so he's painting a picture, Paul is, that this is who you are governed by as you govern yourself in this world. For all who are led, now we're talking about walking out our everyday life. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Verse uh, 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead... You received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him what? Abba Father. So I was a slave. Slave to sin, I was in bondage. But that didn't come from God. 
He says, now you've been adopted and you're no longer a slave, you are children. Say that with me. Say, I'm a child of God. But how many of you guys know through our studies, we, feel, we found out too, it doesn't just stop there. Now I'm mature in him. Let's keep going. Uh, verse 16. For the spirit joins with our spirit. Now you're seeing the process of how this happened. Spirit of God did what? Joined with your spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, here it is, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Did you see that? This is the same spirit that raised Jesus up. The same spirit that raised Jesus up. So you're not an heir of Jesus. You're an heir of God. I say that again. You're not an heir of Jesus. This is the spirit that raised Jesus up. You're an heir of God. Just like Jesus was an heir of God. And once you get a revelation on the fact that I am not just a friend of God, I am an heir of God. If you were an heir right now of Queen Elizabeth and you were next in line and she went, went on to glory, then what would be your new position in life? You would be the next king. You would be the next queen. There would be no question. I'll say that again. If Queen Elizabeth, because I'm going somewhere with this, if Queen Elizabeth was to pass on right now and you were next in line and you were an heir, if she was no longer on this earth, because we all know that you can't rule while she's ruling, correct? Even though you're an heir, you cannot step into that place of authority until she passes on and is no longer here. Is that true? I said, is that true? Jesus indeed was an heir of God. Is that true? And once he died, that's why it says together with Christ we are heirs. Once he died, he raised us up with him, our spirits joining with the spirit of God, and by grace we were now made co-heirs. The heir of God that was here, who was Jesus, is now no longer physically here, but there are still heirs of God walking this earth, and that's you and me. Now that Jesus is no longer here, he left us in place to rule as he was, and he ruled by love. So no different than if the queen went on, it would be your turn. Guess what I'm saying tonight? It's your turn. I said, guess what I'm saying tonight? It's your turn. You are heirs of God, co-heirs with Jesus. You are heirs of God. Together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. 
There is nobody left on earth <laughs> to rule and to operate in God's authority but us. And that's why the devil works overtime to get you in unbelief so that you will live like anything other than an heir of God. He wants to get you caught up in law. He wants to get you caught up in sin. He wants to get you caught up in, in greed. He wants you to get you in a rat race of trying to get money and trying to chase health and trying to chase prosperity. He wants to get you chasing all the stuff you already got. Because while you're tied up with yourself, you can't go out there and rule as the gods and goddesses that you already are. And see, and even to hear that type of talk coming from the pulpit, people think it's heresy. And I'm reading to you right out the Bible, and, and people will say, they, they, they constantly take these scriptures and they tweak one thing that makes you lower than who you are. I'm an heir of Christ. No, 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 I'm an heir with Christ. Not of, with. I'm an heir of God. That, that's a world of difference. One has me getting full access to all that heaven has to offer, to be able to declare on earth what's in heaven. The other has me only able to access whatever I see Jesus doing in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that's why this thing kind of never fully made sense to some of us. Because we were like, well, okay, I'm, I guess I gotta, I gotta see what Jesus did, and then I have access to what he did and only what he did. But then I never settled quietly with that because then Jesus said, greater works. And I'm like, how are we gonna do greater works if he never showed us what else these works could be? And then here comes Paul talking about all these gifts of the Spirit. And then I used to try to go and find Jesus operating in every single one of them somehow. I was like, okay, well, okay. And I would find someone. I was like, well, what's the deal? I mean, he's supposed to be, I mean, I can't do it if he don't show me. What's the deal? And then I found out the way I'm a co-heir with Christ, not of Christ. So what I need to be doing is operating like Christ did or like Jesus did and just following the Holy Spirit and I'll find myself doing stuff that dare I say that I didn't even see Jesus necessarily doing word for word in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is leading you and me just like he led Jesus. I, I saw him give a couple of words so am I supposed to stop at just a couple, just a few? No, no, honey, that was just an example of what we were able to do. I saw him heal some people. I think we can probably count on both hands, maybe twice, how many different stories there were, not, not even that many, but how many different stories there were on healing. Does that mean you stop at 10 or 15? And then we only see him healing certain types of things. Does that mean you can't pray for other things? How many times did Jesus heal people of HIV AIDS? How many times did he heal people of cancer? 
I mean, there's all types of things that he didn't necessarily physically do in here. And if I stop at just what he did, I will limit the scope of ministry in my life. But if I back up and say, he wasn't my example, but you're my source. I have what I have because of him, but now Holy Spirit, show me what you want me to do today as you showed him in that day what he was to do. See, this is hard for some people to hear and receive. Again, I'm not taking away who Jesus is. I am showing you who you are. You are a co-heir with Christ of God's glory. You are now the Jesus in the story. If somebody was writing the story of Christians today, you would be the Jesus in the story. With him living on the inside of you, operating through your mouth, operating through your hands, operating through you. That would be the story of Christians today. It would be Deborah walked into a village and Deborah um, uh, laid hands on the sick and they recovered. It would be Troy stood on a mountain and raised his hand and did whatever and lightning came down and da 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 you know. It, it would be you. It wouldn't be that you stood there and prayed and then Jesus transfigured himself back to earth and began to operate. You are the heir who is now in rulership on this earth. You are the one. I said you are the one. Like Neo in the Matrix, you are the one. Do y'all remember that moment when he realized he was the one? They shooting him up and then first he resurrected. And then he's sitting there and they're shooting and he realized, wait a minute. I'm above all of this. None of this is real to the point where it can affect me. And then all those bullets were coming. And he just stopped, put his hand up and stopped them. And then he just started plucking them out the air. Do you know that's what you have the authority to do when those fiery darts come from the enemy? They'll shoot them, but no weapon that's even formed against you will prosper. They're starting to make up lies about you right now because of the revelation that you're getting. They're starting to fashion arrows and they're starting to fashion weapons that are going to be thrown against you. But God says, even though they're sitting there fashioning those weapons to, to come against you, even though they're formed, they can't touch you. Why? Because you are a co-heir with Christ. They may even launch them, but you will look at them and speak. And if you remember in that movie, he said one word. He said no. And when he said no, everything stopped. Even in the Matrix, they understood it was about confession. One word. He said no. And then his vision changed. He was seeing things like this, but then when he said no, all of a sudden, he could see what they call the matrix or the code behind everything. And all of a sudden, people didn't look like people. It was just all this, this code. 
and he had the master key to the code. He could manipulate the code. So all of a sudden, the weapons couldn't affect him. The people couldn't affect him. Nothing couldn't affect him because he was the one. I'm trying to help you understand, not to go see Matrix again, but to understand that you are the one. God, the creator of the Matrix, lives on the inside of you. And you are an heir of his. That means you have his creative power. That means that the one who made this lives on the inside of you. He made it, passed on his power to you. So guess what? You got the ability to rewrite what is. I'll say that again. You have the ability to rewrite, R-E-W-R-I-T-E, -E, what is. To be in line with what he wants and what he says. So if the weather starts acting up, no. That's not what he wants. If somebody dies, no. That's not what he wants. If you see poverty, no, that's not what he wants. You are a co-heir with Christ of God. Are you getting this? Let's look at this last one uh, in the Amplifier real quick. So who is the ruler? Who is the ruler? Somebody said it, I am. Who is the ruler? See, that's hard, that's hard, I know, for some, not for y'all, but for some other people. Because <laughs> I'm used to saying, Jesus. And I am a co-heir, so don't ever get the big head now. Because without him, your lights are off. Amen? There is no power without Christ. Remember, we are riding on his name. I'll say that again. We are riding on his name. He passed the test. He got the A. And you took on his DNA and you took on his name. Amen? But in the natural of all of this, in the practical, you're the one walking the earth now. And your authority on this earth is the same as his when he was here. If you understand that, say amen. amen. It says, and if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Here's the part I want you to see. Sharing his inheritance with him. It, it can't get no plainer than that. Sharing his inheritance with him, only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. And I'm sharing his inheritance with him. So, so what does that mean, Pastor Archie? What that means is, is you got to make up your mind that you're victorious. Now, 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 now here's the, here's the, here's the, the, the work of it all. 
The work of this all, as it says, and I think it's John 6, uh, I think it's 39. Go there real quick. The work of it all for you is to believe what Jesus did. Uh, go to the King James. Because somebody said, ooh, that, that, that sounds great, but, but what do I got to do? This, this is it. You got the King James back there? Yeah, there we go. Uh, the regular King James. <laughs> the new King James. Yeah, and this is, uh, and this is the Father's will which hath sent me that of all which he hath given me, I should what? Lose nothing. Let's look at this in the Amplified too. There's another one too I want to see too. John 6. Yeah, go to 29. We'll come back to this one because I want you to see this one then we'll come back to this one. John 6, 29, 29. Yeah, Jesus replied, this is the what? Work or the service that God asks of you. Now, what's the work or service he wants us to do? That you do what? Believe. Believe in who? The one. Stop right there. That you believe in the one. Now, who was the first one? Who? Who? I want you to believe in the one, and you are correct, who is Jesus. Because here's what happens when you believe in the one. You now believe in what the one did for you, which was made you right with him. And in making you right with him, the one now has made you the other one. And so that's all you got to do. Your job is just to believe in the one who has made you the other one. He's the heir who made you a co-heir. That's all you, that's your work. That's the will of the Father. And then you just saw in verse 39, the will of the Father is that Jesus should lose no one. He wants everyone to believe in the one so that they can be the other one. Think of this big picture. God wants everybody to walk in the same authority, the same power that Jesus did. He wants all of us healed. He wants all of us whole, but he wants all of us healing and all of us helping others get whole. And the only thing you and I need to do to lay hold of this is believe. Believe. It says that you believe in the one whom we've sent, that you cleave, keep going, to trust, uh, cleave to, trust, rely on, and have faith in his messenger. Why? Because the message that he shared is detrimental to your life. Now, we used to stop at this in our understanding and just think about heaven. 
to believe in his messenger because then you'll go to heaven. That's part of it. But the rest of this is believe in his messenger so that you can live the full life that he has for you on earth as a co-heir with Christ. But if I don't believe in the messenger, I will not trust that I am a co-heir. I hear what you're saying, Archie, but when I leave this place, I still got bills. Why? Because I don't believe. I know you got bills, but the Holy Spirit knows how to get them bills paid. See, you've been trying to do it your way. You've been trying to do it through the world system, but you're a part of a greater system. I said you're a part of a greater system. You're a part of a system that talks about giving. Oh yeah, you don't have to give anything to be blessed. You don't, you don't have to give anything to be saved. But there are still spiritual principles in place that says, but if you do, you can look forward to abundance in ways that a non-giver won't have access to. That's just the truth. But you thought I should go get another job. And maybe the Holy Spirit's saying, no, just sow. Make sowing your second job. What if he has a higher way than what you're thinking of? That if you would tap into who's on the inside of you, I guarantee you, you'll never be broke another day in your life. I guarantee you, you'll never sweat like a sinner another day in your life. I guarantee you, depression won't have a stronghold another day in your life. I guarantee you, brokenness will never be named amongst you or your family another day in your life. Why? Because the Spirit of God who lives on the inside of you is who you are being led by, as we just saw in that other scripture, as a child of God. This whole thing, as far as you living your day-to-day -day life, boils down to, am I going to be led by the Spirit of God? Because I am a co-heir. I have all that Jesus had available to him. The only difference is, is do I believe, and am I following? Do I believe... And am I following what? The leading of the Holy Ghost. The leading of the Holy Ghost. And the devil would actually sit up here and lie to you and make you think you can't hear the Holy Ghost. Where does the Spirit of God live? Where does the Holy Spirit live? He's closer to you than you know. He's speaking to you all the time. What you need to do now is learn to identify his voice. He sounds a lot like this. The only difference between somebody who can hear him and somebody who struggles to hear him is one is reading this. One comes on a Wednesday night when it's not convenient. 
One shows up on a Sunday. One shows up on a Thursday. One spends extra time just talking to him in prayer as they drive to work. One has relationship with him and one doesn't. Most of us in here are above 30. And in some of our instances, you know, we have parents who may be not married anymore, whatever like that. And I don't know why this example coming to my heart, but I'm going to say it anyway. And if you have siblings who call one of those estranged parents and talk to them, you'll find out that that sibling has a better relationship with that parent than the other siblings who don't. They'll know stuff that's going on that you don't. They'll know that they were just in the hospital or they'll know, you know, what's going on in their personal life. But the, but the siblings who don't connect with that parent, the siblings who don't have a relationship, they don't even know, they don't know anything. They're still blood. They're still children. But they are children with no relationship and so there are children who are isolated. We have a lot of isolated Christians in the spirit. You can't hear because you don't know, and you don't know because you don't spend time. Now, understand what I'm saying. See, we have to preach this in the right way now because it used to be spend time so you can be blessed. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying spend time so you can have relationships so you can hear his voice. The blessing is there, but you won't be able to benefit from it if you can't hear his voice. The glory is there. The inheritance is there. But on, the only way Jesus operated in it was by constantly getting away, constantly getting alone, and getting himself in relationship and filled up and, and, and lined up is a better way of saying that. And then he would go out and do what the Holy Spirit said to do. He would go out and say what the Holy Spirit said to say. Why? Because he was in constant alignment. How was he in alignment? He was in constant relationship. It wasn't complicated. It, go back and look. Jesus was getting away with God before he would do ministry and after he did ministry. He was often walking away into the forest or by lakes or getting away on boats. He was doing that. Some of y'all need to get away. I said, some of y'all need to get away. But I have my job. Some of y'all need to get away. It's not your job. You're sleeping all the time. Because you're tired, because you're sweating like a sinner, because you hadn't got away. Somebody says, 8 o'clock, Pastor. It's 8 o'clock. <laughs> no, seriously, this, that, this is the solution. I recognize I'm a co-heir. I believe I'm a co-heir. I, I, now I want to walk in it. Okay, you got to have relationship with the Holy Ghost. And the only way to have relationship, all my married folk know this, is you got to get away. I can't handle a relationship with all these nappy-head kids running around here all the time. I can't handle a relationship with, with job all the time. I can't handle a relationship with stress all the time. I got to get away where it's just me and it's just you. And now I can see you. Now I can hear you. 
now. I can feel you. Now I can have relationship with you. You can't build a marriage off of just time in a car going to and fro work. While that may be a part, that can't be everything. There has to be this intimate time if you want to know his voice. And not just hear him sporadically or just call on him in an emergency. It's interesting that, that in those emergency moments, we can clear, quickly clear everything out and say, Jesus, help, Holy Spirit, show me. Did you know that as a co-heir with Christ of God, you're not supposed to be living from miracle to miracle? The miracle is supposed to be flowing through you to others. I said the miracle is supposed to be flowing through you to others. What we're supposed to be doing is helping them see him by miracles of healing and this, that, and the other. But many Christians are looking for miracles themselves. Why do you need a miracle if you got a relationship? You ought to be able to just go home and declare cancer be gone in Jesus' name. That he just told me that's not in my life. Yeah, that's, not, that's not in my life. Depression be gone in Jesus' name. No, 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 that's not a part of me. Poverty, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. That, that ain't a part of me. I don't, I don't need nobody to come up and drop a bag of money. I don't need nobody to come up and lay extra hands on me. I don't, I don't, I, 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 the, the hand was laid. The hand of God is on my heart, on my life. That, that, that's the greatest hand there is. I'm not preaching against laying on the hands. I'm just saying, for a mature believer, you already know. But I'm telling y'all, family, it's, it's about getting away and having relationship. That was stuff we used to talk about back in the 80s and in, in, in the 90s and probably even before that, but that's, you know, that's my time back there. <laughs> but it was, it was an emphasis put on go in your prayer closet. There was an emphasis on don't get up and do nothing before you talk to God. We got to get back to that so that we can develop relationship now that we have the understanding of grace. That I'm not doing that to make sure I don't get in a car accident today. But I kind of am doing that so I don't get in a car accident today. Because the voice of the Holy Spirit will tell me don't go down that street. Why? Because now I'm yielding to my protection because I trust the Holy Spirit. So we kind of had the car before the horse, but, it, but in, in essence, some of that principle was the same. I got to hear from him and he'll protect me. I got to hear from him and he'll direct me. But I got to hear from him. That's how Jesus did it, guys. He, he, he did nothing without talking to the Father. He didn't, he didn't lay hands on nobody. He didn't raise nobody up from the dead without direction from the Holy Spirit. That's why Mary and Martha were tripping on him that time about Lazarus. He was like, I'm about my father's business. He said, go here. I got to go where he says to go. I got to do what he says to do because that's the source of power. I'm nothing without him. 
And if we're the Jesus of the story, the same is true for us. We're nothing without him, but we're everything with him. And I say you're with him today. And we just saw that he's with you. And he's within you. And so there is nothing that you can't do. I said there is nothing that he directs that you can't do. If he made it and it's available by faith, I'm sorry, by grace, then by faith you take it. And your healing, that's for somebody. I don't know who needs healing today, but, but your healing is available right now. You just got to take it. You just got to take it. You just got to take it. I declare that your belief, I declare that your faith takes what grace has made in your body. We set ourselves in agreement with you that the manifestation of healing that is already done because of what Christ did takes hold in your body right now. I, I just heard the Spirit, that's for somebody uh, on the other side of that camera too. We declare it with you. We admit it with you. We admit you're healed. We admit it's finished. It's done. It's not something that's going to happen. It's something that's done in Jesus' name. I admit that your finances have experienced a great turnaround, is what the Holy Spirit said. I declare a redirection of funds in your direction. In Jesus' name. I declare that your listening is in tune like never before. I declare in Jesus' name time to get alone with your Father. I declare a manifestation of his power as you have been desiring. Many of you have been desiring the power of God to flow through you. You've been wanting to express his love on this earth. And I declare opportunities. I declare boldness to step out and do what he's called you to do. And Jesus, we'd be remiss for not thanking you for showing us the way. For being the way for us to get back to the Father. To have relationship. And to have rightful ownership of his glory. We receive that today. We believe it. We do the work and we believe in you, Jesus. We believe in what you did. We believe in your message. We believe in all that you have done in all who you've made us. We dare not shrink away 
from who you've made us. For to do so would be to dishonor your sacrifice. We step into all of who we are tonight. We thank you for being the one. And you've made us the other one. We believe it. We receive it. And I declare right now peace in every heart and mind. An assurance that all is well because of what you did, Christ. Because of what you did, Jesus. All is well in every area. All is well in every area. We plead grace, grace over everything. Thank you for these things. Now, Holy Spirit, for the word that is going out on tonight, that you taught us on tonight, I pray that you continue to commune with us and continue to articulate the revelation. Each as they need to hear all throughout this week so that we may practically walk out who we are. That we may practically share his love with others. And we'll give you all the glory, honor, and praise for this. In Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise for that. Amen. Woo. Praise God. Well, family, we love you guys. Thank y'all for showing up. You know, I love that Pastor has uh, his Wednesday night crew in uh, Georgia. We got our Wednesday night crew here in uh, Houston. And we just, y'all just keep, y'all just keep showing up and keep getting all this from God. Because, you know, it comes out different on Wednesdays than it does on Sundays. We get to dive into it a whole lot deeper uh, on Wednesdays and even on Thursday nights. Um, and if you get a chance, you know, tune in to Thursday nights. You know, we kind of pick up uh, where we leave off, and sometimes we'll cover some of the same stuff, but it comes out totally differently. And I tell you what, you don't stop getting this word. You don't stop getting this word because it's going to be a huge part of you being able to walk out what God has called you to do. Amen? Amen. Well, Mike, you come on out, man, and I'm going to shut up and sit down. <laughs> we love you guys, and we'll see you all in a little bit. Awesome word. Amen. God is good. Amen. Did you receive that tonight? Is it God good? Let's go ahead and take this time to give unto the Lord, you know. We believe that what we have is blessed. We have no concern. Uh, there, are offer there are offering envelopes in the pews in front of you. Text to give um, is on the screen. Those of you streaming in, you can also view text to give. That is another way to give. Amen. It goes right into the um into the offering and we know that what we give is already blessed amen everybody all prepared and ready to sow your seed your tithe or your offering what god has laid on your heart if you have that prepared let's go ahead and raise it up to the lord father god we thank you that that what we're giving tonight is already blessed we thank you that it is it is um being sown on good ground. We thank you that it will uh, return back a hundredfold. 
And we thank you, Father God, that we give because of what you've done in our lives and what you're doing for us every day. We give because you're good, in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go ahead and serve the people. We can never give enough, amen. As the ushers are, are serving, we also would like to take this time to open up the altar. We always want to give the opportunity to uh, those here and those also streaming uh, by YouTube. If you don't know Christ, now is the time to, to come and we have, um, we have someone here that will, will um, share with you and walk you through the steps of, of receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know, you, you hear this word and you, uh, you say, well, there's, there's just something missing and, and there's that piece that, I, that, that, that I, I understand, but I need just a little bit more. And, and that may be, you hear the word relationship and don't really know what that means. You know, if you never have the opportunity to actually confess Christ with your mouth and make him the Lord, your Lord and Savior, now's the opportunity. As well as joining this wonderful church. You know, we have, like Pastor mentioned, we have Wednesday night services, Sunday services. Uh, we have Thursday services. Wonderful ministry that's growing in the community. If you want to be a part of this ministry, now's the time to come forward. As, as well as the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You hear pastor talking about the Holy Spirit where there's that gift part of it as well that we have to, that we're able to speak in tongues um, and that's a gift of the Holy, gift of the Holy Spirit. And you can also come forth and um, we have someone here that can walk you through those steps as well. So all you need is in the body, amen? So if, if that's you tonight, you can come forward or let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Maybe there's always someone, you know, sitting down and say, well, I want those three things, but uh, I have some questions or I don't want to go forward. So let's take a moment to ask those around us if any of those three uh, opportunities are for them. And if it is, go ahead and uh, help that person come forth. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. So everyone good in the house? Amen. Everyone good in the house? Thank God. Awesome word. Well, like Pastor said, thank y'all for being the Wednesday night Bible study crew. Amen. Keep coming. Bring someone. Let's go ahead and raise our hands and be dismissed. Father God, we thank you. We believe your word that was shared upon tonight. We receive your word that was shared upon tonight. Thank you, Father God, that as we grow the rest of the week, we thank you, Father God, that whatever situation we might find ourselves in, we thank you that it's already done. We thank you that the blessings are already there. We thank you that you will place us in situations this week where we have the opportunity to share your grace and to share the awesome power of our co-heir, Jesus Christ. We give you thanks and praise for your word. We thank you for victory and your protection in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Y'all be blessed.